Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 502. This is the uh, music technology podcast talking about all things to do with music technology, synthesizers, controllers, all kinds of stuff that you may or may not be interested in. That's entirely up to you, but we encourage you to watch because it's always good fun. And uh, we talk about, like I say, synthesizers, drum machines, controllers, software, all kinds of stuff. So please do subscribe if you're watching via YouTube. We've now got some fancy new bits that we can put in. Uh, I'd just like to say, for the first time on Sonic Talk, we have a dedicated YouTube uh, chat window so you can see uh, comments going past. We've also got a fancy new IRC uh, chat window with uh, um, the address on both of those. So there's no excuse either one of those places. But I guess if you're watching this, you're probably in either one of those places. So that might be a little bit uh, pointless. Also want to say thank you very much to Isotope for providing the, sp the prize for this week's competition, uh, which is a copy of RX-6, which is the sort of de facto industry standard for audio restoration, fixing all kinds of issues with all kinds of stuff. So let's get on to our guests. We'll start over here with Mr. Ben Wilson, uh, a.k.a. DivKid or DivKid Video on YouTube. Makes lots of, as you can see, he's a, he's deep in modular. And Ben, of course, has been, uh, this weekend, you actually had the uh, Modular Meet Leeds, right? Yeah, yeah, really good event. Uh, performances from uh, Scanner, Devox, VCO ADSR, uh, Chris Carter of Throbbing Gristle, and Rob Hordick over from the Netherlands with his 5U system. Um, presentations, the new Gristleizer stuff. Yeah, really big event. I'm still on kind of come down. Yeah, really well, that was good. And also, I never I, when we went last year, I remember we had some really good uh, sort of meals out and just general much fun and hilarity amongst like-minded people. So I hope your hangover isn't too bad, Ben. Uh, and uh, I guess we'll be seeing a bunch of videos up on DivKid Video on YouTube, right? Yeah, week or so, and there'll be performances, all the presentations, uh, free module challenge, which is the idea that you, you don't have to have this. You could just have free modules and create something comprehensive and sonically interesting. So, yeah, lots of user stuff. Like I said, people like Chris Carter. Um, no drinking. I was good all weekend. I, but I, I, I mean, I'm flabbergasted. Uh, but well done for you. <laughs> well done for you. Anyway, thanks for joining us, Ben. Uh, also, we've got Mr. Ty Unwin, who's joining us via the new uh, video conferencing system that we're using, which I hope you can appreciate the largesse and the finesse of his video. You can see in the background, you have Move Voyager XL, and is that your new Arch system to your to the side of you as well? Yeah, this thing. Yes, the one with that's right. Lights. Blinky yes. lights. Yes, blinky lights. James and I bought it. I haven't got a clue what any of them do, but hey, it looks like nice and light. But uh, <laughs> excellent, you only good. got it. For... Excellent. So all... I'm guess I'm guessing you're busy as as well. busy again, right? Yeah, I haven't really left the studio since last week. To be fair, you kind of think I'm joking, but I kind of. No, it's just been full on. It will be for the next few weeks, but that's okay. It's fine. It's fine. By the way, I don't know if this makes any difference, but Rich is trying to call in. I don't know whether Rich can call in, but Rich is uh, just been on No, me. we're not. We don't have Skype set up on this at the moment, so I can't get him in at the moment. No, no. Um, I'm sorry about that, no Rich, if you're if you are watching. I, I didn't boot up the Skype machine because we're both on the uh, the same system here. Anyway, um, pleasure to have you all here. And once again, I want to say yes, thank you to all our YouTube chatties and also to the IRC chatties, the original, the OC, as it were. <laughs> and uh, yes. we've also got uh, – uh, what else have I got? I can press a few buttons and we've got some new fancy shots and we've got uh, – 
this one as well, which means I can overlay a little social thing. Oh, yeah, look, Korg Monopoly, Monopoly for Gadgets just been released as well, which is interesting. And perhaps we can talk about oh, that at it? some point in the future, but perhaps not right now. So let's get on to our first topic. What do you think of this then, guys? This is the M Piano from uh, Alpha Pianos. It is a sort of stunning piece of design. It's a fancy kind of multi-touch MIDI controller, obviously designed for the wealthy and image conscious, but it looks like a thing of beauty. I don't know quite who's going to want it. And then I think Jordan Rudess is behind it because he's very into futuristic instruments as well. So, uh, in fact, this video kind of moves on. There's a guy who starts playing it shortly. I'll see if I can fast forward it because there's a whole load of atmospheric kind of nonsense, which is not of any interest. Here he goes. I'm not, I don't know who this guy is. I should probably know. So they've obviously been putting Foley on that. <laughs> Very badly. <laughs> so I think it's... Uh, you, you get splits, you get movement up and down the keys. It's a really interesting looking thing. Quite futuristic. As you can see, positional control wiggle control i'm not going to play the whole thing because it's you know it's just a, a, a demo but this is the news of this new m piano which is uh, on a kickstart at the moment in fact the alpha piano the people they've been making those really sort of fancy futuristic digital pianos with this very authentic kind of bossendorfer style uh, action i mean it's not going to be for anybody everybody i didn't say uh, I don't know, Ty. I'm guessing coming to you. I mean, I know you're a fan of Roly, and it's a very similar kind of principle in the in the fact that you can get to those additional dimensions of uh, of expressivity. But what do you think? Um, I'm really mixed on this one. Really mixed, and uh, I'm kind of, I'm you know, I'm kind of part of the kind of proposed market. I would say. I suppose you of, are. Yeah. It's a MIDI controller. I'm, I mean, I've said it so many times, I'm a pianist and they make a big thing about the action being or singing or dancing. Obviously, all the extra control is great. Um, I, think they, I think the look of it is amazing. It looks very kind of, you know, it doesn't look futuristic. What it looks like is what we imagine the future is going to look like in 1974. That's it's a what flying it looks car like. piano, yeah. It is. It is very. And they do one. They do one called the white model, which is basically black, and then the inside is white. And honestly, it looks like a piece of furniture from. Uh, do you remember UFO? The, um, <laughs> the, it just looks like a piece of furniture from UFO from the early seventies. But it, I think it's beautiful. I think it's gorgeous. Um, it all depends on two things, and one of them I think will make a huge difference. Uh, one is going to be the action. I mean, it's completely adjustable, which kind of serves. Hopefully that means that, you know, it can be as heavy, as light as you want, which is fantastic. All that works out well. But there's one fly in the ointment here and is it's on Kickstarter. And I really hope it makes it. I really hope it does. And if I'm honest, I don't think it will because they need six hundred and thirty four thousand dollars. Six hundred and forty thousand dollars. Here we go. They've got nine thousand uh, euros. Nine yeah, so that, it's a big ask. And they won't make it. I mean, I've been—we've had this conversation before. I've been here so many times with Kickstarters and Indiegogos where I put money in and it never gets there. I have a horrid feeling this is going to be one of those. But I hope—I really hope it does. Um, and 
if I'm honest about this de about the demo, the demo is awful. The video demo is awful. But to be fair, I went on the on the website. All of the videos of it are demos. Two or three of them are them playing it with mallets. I'm not having you on. I don't give a monkey's whether you can play it with mallets. Show me show me what it can done for, do for fingers. That's what most people are planning on using it for. And um, so in terms of a promotion of it, I think it's it's hopeless. The demo sounds awful. They don't show a lot of what it can do. Um, but I hope, I really hope it's a great product underneath. And also the fact that I hate the fact you have to put an iPad in it. I just have a huge problem with things where you have to, it relies on an iPad to be able to, to, to function and it's got to stand for an iPad. So in other words, the moment they change the design of the iPad, the iPad, whatever the next generation are going to be, all of a sudden it won't fit in, all that kind of thing. But now I've just completely <laughs> blown it. But I hope well, it's really good. I hope yeah, it's fantastic. No, I think I, I, it's one of those things that I think, it, you know, it's 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 not going to be... I mean, in, in the same way the Seaboard Rise, the Seaboard Rise was 5,000 quid or $5,000 when it first came out, or the Seaboard Grand, rather. Uh, what was what it was, it was being more than that it was more than, was it? it was more than that it was it was ten thousand it was ten thousand dollars wow okay and this one no, no, sorry, only... no that's not true it was eight eight thousand eight hundred i think it was so like it's that. a very similar priced kind of thing you know and it's it's early adopter yeah. stuff i think i've actually got uh Yes, Wycross via the IRC says eight thousand euros and that's what they're asking for this thing so i mean it, you know let's uh, we could we could sort of Gaffor at the at the the largesse of that, but ultimately, you know, that's where the whole Roly thing started. So this may be a thing. I don't know, Ben. Are you? I'm guessing. You know, it, I don't know if you're a pianist or whether this is the sort of thing that would appeal to. Because if you were really serious about your keyboard action, this might be something. You know, and you had the money, it might well be something you'd be interested in, right? Potentially, yeah. I mean, I can play keys good enough to get through a wedding set. Not very well, to be honest. It's not my main that, instrument. That's pretty good. <laughs> you know, I could get to I love a few the tunes. <laughs> so that's where I'm coming from, right off the bat. Um, you know, I, I can play chords and extended voices and enough to get my composition and things going, but guitar would be my main sort of pitched instrument, uh, drums being my main instrument. Uh, I've no interest in the mallets coming from a drummer point of view. Um, things like the um. Rolly Rise, though, I think are fantastic. Um, I had the 49 for a while um, on loan from someone and really nice instrument. Very good for interacting with the modular stuff. The app was great. Um, hard to, hard to set up, though, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah th there was a module from Expert Sleepers that nearly delivered all the promise of the Rise. It wasn't anything to do with Expert Sleepers, but... If I could have got every single dimension of touch out and into the modular stuff, that would have been very exciting. Um, as Ty said, putting an iPad in it really doesn't appeal. You know, we had all that from moving from the wider connectors down to the new one on all the Apple devices um, and all the old iPad docks becoming obsolete overnight. Um, I don't like that idea. Um, I did show a few uh, piano playing friends that do go out and play um weddings and functions and some um events where this would very much fit in um yeah. but the price yeah and they said oh is this going to be a few grand and i was like it's about eight is it it's about eight thousand euros eight thousand euros yeah but to be and fair it, the thing, traveling the thing is, with it sorry Ty, yeah but the thing is with this kind of thing i mean eight thousand euros sounds like a lot a, a lot of money i'm not it is a lot of money but 
for the kind of you know as you said with the you know kind of the Rolly Seaboard, the first ones to kind of get this kind of technology up and running it's the same with everything you it is expensive and if they really are using you know i mean i read about his background the guy that designed it and used to work for bosendorfer and whatever and for if you're going to in the work at that kind of level the kind of people that work within bosendorfer bosendorfer you know eight thousand euros get you it won't get you anything yeah, exactly. I mean, when you go into the realm of real, real pianos and real instruments, 8,000 euros is literally peanuts. And if you go and buy, you know, kind of a Bosendorfer piano, one of the good ones, you're talking well over 100 grand on these kind of things. So you need to kind of put it into They're coming to it from that angle, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely. And so, you know, I mean, I, I, if someone came, if someone could prove to me that this was all it claimed to be, then I would genuinely be interested. I don't know where I'd put it in the studio because it's a very specific design, but it, you know, I'm very fussy about my keyboard action and I, I get through them and I'm incredibly fussy about it. And um, if it is as good as they say it can be, and I'd love to be proved right, then fantastic. But my problem is there are not going to get many people that are just going to go and throw 8,000 euros at it without, without trying it. No. Without, experiencing it and i still exactly. think as as we're saying that you know kind of sticking an ipad in there is just a, a, a bad move but well um, and i i think i agree i mean it's the sort of thing you're going to need to go to a piano showroom which is where presumably a lot of the uh, where they sell their other products which are, uh, are, are yeah. likely to be uh, interestingly there was a uh, uh oh that's not it uh there was a, a it's comment the ipad from, for me. it's the ipad sorry Nick. what it's a bl- i think yeah, it's a, a I know what you mean. Sorry. Carry on. It's, it's that that cheapens it. From, from saying, you know, it's right up there with a, you know, brilliantly hand-built violin or piano. It is a different world from where most people are coming from, but sticking an iPad in kind of shoots it back down into a different Completely. territory for me. Yeah, I suppose Completely. you're right. Yeah. I'd just like to point out, uh, I think uh, Tom J. Carpenter in the Facebook comments says, hello, Ty. Just say, I'm just illustrating that I can put those things up on the screen. There's no <laughs> other purpose for a whatsoever. But hello, hello to our Facebook Live people as well. I can see your comments here sometime. Right, well. That's um, yeah. Analog Solutions. That it is, is, Mr. Analog Solutions. That's can you turn around to him and just say, fine, Tom, where's my fuse box? Yeah. Rest my case. Uh, Next subject. <laughs> Next subject. All right, let's get on to something else. Right, so uh, um, you can check it out on Kickstarter. It's obviously going to be uh, – they've got 30 days to run, uh, and they're not very far in there yet. They're looking for almost a factor of – well, factor of eight to get to the goal, and it's an all-or-nothing type thing. So I'm guessing, you know, it must – like you say, it takes a lot of investment. So what's our Good next topic? To yeah, next topic. Let's get on to this one then. This is the update to the DM1 drum machine, which was uh, introducing the drone machine, which, uh, interestingly, the DM1 was one of Gaz's favourite early iOS apps as a drum machine. It was really, really good. So this is kind of a live performance. I think it's got hooked up with a... Uh, I'm not sure what that controller is. Is it a Novation something? I can't tell. I think it's a Behringer, I think. Is it a Behringer? I'm not, no, it's a... Uh, a MIDI controller. It might be... And it is a Novation. You can see the logo up there. I forget what it's called. So this is obviously fading in various different aspects to it and uh, tweaking various parameters. 
to grow. It takes a little while to get going. But um, this is the sort of notion of, A, you know, the, the DM2 expanding from drums, which was what it was very well known for, and, and very well-received app. I don't know if, uh, Ben, you, this sort of thing I'd imagine you might have got into the DM1 because it was, it was an early app and it also was really good at just sort of doing beats in that environment. Have you checked that out? Yeah, I, I missed it, unfortunately. Um, I had a Mark One iPad and then kind of left it for a long time in terms of the iPad music thing. I'm very late coming into the iPad uh, kind of app-based music stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I imagine sort of DM1, very much this as well in terms of the drones. Um, as people know, and we're hearing lots of it in films and sound design, it can be very evocative and a very good performance tool as well. Um, I like the coupling with the controller as well for this. Um, I, but I don't know the original drum app. I've just been looking at this one. I would have liked to have seen a bit more of the app and not that kind of hue change in wash of colour for quite as long as it was. Well, I can um, show you a bit of the app me. here. <laughs> this is what it looks like. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's got the same functionality of DM1, but it adds the drone machine to it, which allows you to do the, those additional uh features uh, and i i think the thing about this i, I also like to point out that uh, i think uh, brian bell uh, via facebook said yeah it's the launch control xl thank you very much brian that's a, a helpful uh, uh, sorry. interjection which i didn't know but there we go I've just, talked, um, I've just been talking absolute rubbish i do know the dm1 i've just ah. pulled up some images um yeah it made its way into quite a few sample packs actually um that original app um, great for drum synthesis, lots of extra control beyond a lot of more traditional focused drum machines. Um, so yeah, I'd very much welcome them doing a drum machine. Yeah, cool. Um, uh, yeah, I was going to say you can see it here. It's only four ninety nine. It's pretty, pretty low cost. That's so pretty cool. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't know. I, I know. Uh, um, we talked about this last week a bit, Ty, didn't we? That it's not necessarily. But what you know. You also mentioned you were getting a lower eight. Do you think, I mean, drone drones used to be this kind of real specialist sort of uh, thing that only kind of hippies and psychedelic kind of people would get into. But now it's becoming much more of a, a, of a, of a mainstream constituent part to sort of music production. And I'm guessing you yeah, might have a word to say. Oh, lots of. You'd be amazed how many times in, in recent um, uh, projects I've been doing where the comment from the director is, oh, can you just throw us a load of drones? And that's it. And I have to sit there and do a load of drones. And this is a kind of new thing. This isn't something that, you know, kind of you'd get asked a few years ago. But now it's kind of, it's de rigueur. You kind of have to give them a load of drones. Um, some which do nothing, some which, you know, kind of have lots of movement in. And I think... You know, you could you can look at it from one of two ways. You can look at it from the lazy point of view and just go, well, it's an easy way of filling a couple of minutes, um, which bearing in mind what I do on a day to day basis, you know, sometimes can be true. But there's a real art to making a good drone. <laughs> that sounds, you know, it's like one of those, the, the you know, kind of the Delia Smith thing of how to how to make an egg. You know, there's an art to there's an art to boiling, not making an egg, to boiling cooking. an egg, at, <laughs> cooking an egg. Um, yeah, I don't know how you make an egg. Um, yeah, there's a, you know, there's a real art to it and it's true. And, um, I've got loads. So as you say, I've just got the Lyra eight on its way and there's loads of stuff that I use that are specifically, um, for just doing drones, actually including this, including this DM two, um, which is, which is really, 
very good. It is very good. I mean, it's kind of it, the synthesis. You would never have you would never have predicted it because uh, you know, kind of as Ben said, the, the synthesis on the DM one for the drums. It's it's a great level of synthesis. It's not too much. It's just kind of you know you get uh, oscillator, noise, filter, and some modulation within them for each drum. So there's enough to get something creative going. Um, it's like, just like a mini synth. But then to suddenly then turn all this into just kind of forming drones, you'd think on paper it doesn't kind of work, but it really does, really does. Because you've got nine layers. It's like nine layers of you know kind of movement all through their own distortion and then some master effects at the end oh that it's, does sound um, yeah, that, that sounds quite promising actually i'd like the sound of it. i know ben are oh, you, are you oh sorry um no no so i was you, just gonna say it's a, it is really good okay but are you i mean in terms of drone i mean i guess you know modular modular kind of lends itself to that and then you kind of modulate them so that they become evolving i mean i don't know i mean a lot of your stuff you're more of a beatsy guy but i mean is that something that you find yourself reaching for you can waste uh, it's a real extender of that uh, phenomenon known as modular time isn't it i'd imagine working on drones you could find eight hours later you were in yeah. a zen-like state and you were still still there right <laughs> yeah, definitely. I wonder, just for getting into that, as Ty pointed out a few years ago, this wouldn't have happened. If it was Trent Reznor with the Social Network soundtrack that was the turning point, because yeah. um, I think it was Hans Zimmer that turned around to Trent Reznor and said, this is a change in kind of big Hollywood scoring for films um, mm -hmm. when they won. Was it the Grammy that they won for that? Um, but yeah, in, in terms of drones, modular, just completely endless. Um, I like the mixture of kind of digital and analog and it just not it all just feeling tactile and that's well this is in an ipad app but it looks very much the same having some lfos in sync some not um i think the thing with modular that works really well is syncing everything off of the bar so if i've got something moving in a 4-4 bar to have lfos that happen every nine beats or every 13 beats so everything's not a continual pulse and it's definitely about layering. So to, to see that there's nine potential layers in the DM2, I think they'll have cracked it. And I think as Ty said, it having some effects, some distortions there and then on the voice, uh, each individual layer and then master effects at the end. Um, yeah, that's kind of the key to how I'd approach it. But I'd probably lose 10 times more time <laughs> doing it on this than I would that. And the, whether the end result was um, that, that much better is... Uh, well, it would remain to be seen, I guess. Well, I guess the other thing yeah. is also you can you you would re you'd be able to recall the presets. I mean, because if you're making it in something like DM2, it's much easier to get back to where you were, right? Sorry, Ty, you were going to come in. Well, I was going to say the way I work with drones is um, I basically just leave uh, leave everything into record, and I just basically mess, and then you end up with hours of you know the whole point of it is a drone. So you just have things, I just leave everything in record, just mess around and then come back and literally just edit one minute, two minute bits, loop them, you know. And then quite often what I'll then do is once I've got one, I'll get another section from further on and then layer that on top of that. So it's like ah. another, you know. So that's all I do. You just, the art is just to leave, leave everything in record all the time and just mess, which is exactly, to be fair, what you would be doing with your rack anyway. Um I suppose so. You know. So here's a question, yeah. Ty. Has it ever happened where you've spent ages on a queue for a particular scene and supplied a drone mm. and they've been the work that you've done on the scene and put the drone in? Yes. Oh, 
I guess it's, <laughs> that's par for the it's course, fine. isn't it? It's fine. What you learn is when you do these, as, back, back in the early days, I would have been gutted about it. But honestly, now you just, you just accept that um, it is what it is and you don't get precious about your babies. So it's as simple as that, really. I don't get precious about what I do anymore. So they can, you know, I, I deliver so many things in stems now that they can kind of do what they like with it. And you have to be cool with that. So that's fine. Right. Yeah. TSG in the chat room says, Ty has stolen my entire workflow. There we go. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you've obviously great minds think alike there. So that must be it. Sorry, Ben, you wanted to come in. Yeah, no, I'd mirror Ty's workflow. Um, I have a great module, seemingly boring and potentially one that's overlooked that people don't buy. Um, by a company called Praxis that takes eight Yororak inputs, which are well above line level. Um, I mean, I'm not running distances that have been balanced particularly matters, but delivers eight balanced outputs. Um, and I have a couple of different outputs like that. So I tend to record 10 plus things at once. Um, if I'm mixing in the modular, I will record a kind of stereo mix that I'll perform and maybe there's some CV panning and level adjustment. Um, take the mix in, but always pull sort of eight to 10 stems in at the same time. It's really important, as Ty said, to be able to deliver these stems if, I don't do any work anywhere near the level of Ty, but any similar work where I deliver something and they're into it, they want all the parts. So to just record stereo off of this kind of stuff often doesn't work. Right. Okay. So you end up with the individual bits. There's a lot of action. Oh, yeah, Ty? I was only going to say one more thing about the Eurorack and drones and all that kind of thing. I don't know if anyone's caught Junkie XL's latest video. I mean, I know people have a moan about the junkie xl videos because they think it's, it's overkill i love them i think they're fantastic i think it's great to see how someone works and um the thing that really hit me on his latest one he was talking about how he works with his modular and he's basically uh his modular day is sunday have you seen this has anyone seen this no so basically yeah so basically he goes into studio on sunday and sunday is his modular day and he just exactly does what we do and he just sticks it into record messes around with his modular. I mean, he says all day how true that is. I don't know, but he messes with his modular all day and that's it. That's his Sunday, every Sunday, supposedly. Well, we've talked about this before, haven't we? And making time to actually explore the equipment you've got. Cause I mean, so much of the time, particularly, you know, you tie and any of us who have to do things to yeah. deadlines, you don't get time to, to mess around. And if you, if you uh, like him, if he's able to give, you know, a, a day a week to that, that's a lot, you know, I mean, uh, cause most of us, it's sort of back to our youth when we were still in the bedroom, just kind of filling up hours of experimental time. And that's the way you learn your craft or learn how to kind of take twists and turns around, you know, Could- the, the way you need to go. Right. Com- completely the difference between everyone thinks that the difference between me now and me you know kind of 20 years ago and how i wrote wrote then and how i write now was all to do with gear it's nothing to do with gear at all honestly the the difference is it's all to do with time back then i had loads of time to experiment and mess and i only had a few bits of gear but i knew them absolutely like the back of my hand and you would just mess and mess and mess and mess. yeah absolutely. now that's why that's what i don't have and I'll be honest with you, that's what I miss more than anything else. Because that that was the fun bit. You know, messing around was honestly the fun bit. So hey. Oh well Is that productivity? Productivity thing. Sorry, yeah, Ben, you're 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 uh, you're about to uh, discover the joys of in including the family uh uh 
scenario into the into your time flow so you'll you'll, you'll discover this probably more so uh, uh, for the first time oh. in the next few months as well but you know good luck to you yeah. i'm sure it'll be great yeah. bye ben yeah bye ben <laughs> <laughs> yeah little girl doing around two weeks um, oh so excellent yeah, I'm going like hell for leather getting work done it, it's the productivity thing that that video is great that ty mentioned from junkie xl he talks about sampling it as well so that when a film deadline is coming up or whatever that is he wants to use those sounds and those feelings that that can evoke either when he did it or that he feels it may evoke to picture um, and just pulling up samples so that your own unique sound sets but you're not having to go and repatch it and i know tice from uh, noisier the kind of drum and bass, bass sound design kind of trio, um, is very much the same. He uses his modular as a kind of sample fodder sound palette, and that's it. It then just sort of goes back down the system of how those three work, and they've got all these unique sounds to pull from. Um, yeah, I think that's I think a really good idea. Having it a day always, or an it, afternoon. Yeah. It always used to terrify me because you'd hear, I, I, I go to kind of uh, talk to people at Real World, uh, a guy called Dickie Chappell, who was Pete or is Peter's kind of main studio guy. And they would just have the DAT running the whole time with kind of somebody making notes. And the idea of then having to go back and kind of go, oh, yeah, last Tuesday around four o'clock, I remember I did something that had, you know, and, and, and pick it and cataloging all of that. That's the thing that terrifies me about just having record going the whole time but uh, that's uh, that's probably another story probably uh, if you are recording lots of drugs you're going to have uh, lots of happy accidents and lots of accidents that are perhaps not so happy and that might be something that rx can help you with. see what i did there this is uh, rx from isotope is the sort of de facto audio fixer and if you've got any kind of clipping any noise any kind of issues it can fix so many things uh, with dialogue with uh, with synthesizers with line level hum uh, if you've got vocals it could get rid of breath noises mouth noises ground hum and amp noise all kinds of stuff it's actually incredibly powerful and lots of people who are audio pros will have this somewhere in their arsenal if they haven't they should try it out because you never want to lose that take if you can fix it with something like this so well worth checking deplosive demouth noise debreathe all of those things there are so many things that you can do with this just in terms of the audio toolkit uh, you can download it uh, directly from isotope isotope.com forward slash rx6 the 10-day free demo well worth checking out and we uh, like to say that we set Thank them for their sponsorship of the show because they have provided this week's competition. In fact, the competition, uh, last week we asked you to tweet the hashtag the audio fixer and RX6, and uh, we have a winner this week. This is, uh, I don't know if it's a guy or a gal, it's J Patton Photo on Twitter. So at J Patton Photo, B P A T T O N Photo, as in photo, uh, you won RX6 this week. So if you want to get in touch, we will be able to let you uh, hook you up with the Isotope folks and they'll get you a full copy of RX6 standard. Uh, to your inbox and we've got another competition this week uh in fact what we're asking you this is something you enter via twitter so what you want looking for is the hashtag fix the mix all one word fix the mix and the hashtag rx6 to and you mention at sonic state and at isotope inc so if you're listening to audio i'll repeat that that's the hashtag fix the mix and the hashtag rx6 on twitter uh and Mention at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And you'll be entered into the competition. Once again, we thank Isotope for their sponsorship of the show with the competition prize. Very much appreciated indeed. And can, um, I just yes. a, can, I just, can I just say one thing about this? Only the fact that I know that we do get accused every now and again. I mean, I think a couple of weeks ago we got accused of, you know, all this Isotope love, this RX love. And um, 
I just want to say that just like Dave said a few weeks ago, this week, my life would have been completely screwed if it wasn't for RX. RX saved my bacon huge time this week. I've been doing editing all these orchestral recordings uh, for the Midge album, and there were all these, you know, kind of um, clicks and pops and noises in the background of full orchestral recordings over multiple mics, and it got rid of everything, literally everything, completely inaudible. You could not hear all the things that were going on. It was amazing. And um, RX really is the work of the devil. <laughs> yeah, that's the other uh, point. Well, I appreciate the input. And also, you know, I mean, it's good that we kind of support the product that sponsors the show as well, because, you know, if it was something we all hated, it would be very uncomfortable and awkward. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So we could be thankful for that. Let's get on to uh, this. Now, this is something a bit different. This is the uh, Digitech Strum which is uh, an auto accompaniment pedal. This might be sort of a bit out of the ordinary, but what's really cool about this, if I fast forward it a bit, what you do is you strum a rhythm. So here, this is... So he's demonstrating here. This is the guy from Tone Report. So... And okay, yeah, it's out of time. But what's really interesting, so you put the kick and the snare parts in, you record them into three different parts. So here he's, he's going to go. And then it adds, automatically adds hi-hat and cymbal parts. And you can change the complexity uh, the, of it all and, and sort of chain them together in, in into sort of song structures. And it, it may sound like a bit of a cheesy idea, but I thought this was a bit of genius because when you're wanting to get creative, the quickest way is with the instrument in your hand. I don't know. I, I'm a, is it just me or is this actually pretty cool? Because I've done some other uh, auto drummer stuff before, but this seems to be taking it up a level. I'm start with you, Ty, because I, I mean, I, I don't know if you do play guitar at all, but I think it's actually pretty cool, don't you? I play very badly. Um, this is one of those we things just when... <laughs> we should start a band. <laughs> we all just start Abu Key. we can fumble through and have a track. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I don't know where to go from that. Um, no, it's fine. Um, this is this is one of those things I will never, you know, this this product is of no interest really to, to me at all. Um, but at the same time, when you put this in the, the list of things, you know, kind of subjects to look at, I kind of started watching the video thinking, oh, God, this is just well, load of... And then I carried on watching it and I was thinking, wow. And I absolutely... I... I refuse to accept anybody that says that this isn't the work of a genius. This is the best, best little pedal I've seen in a long, long, long time. It's such a, it's such a, a, a great complex way of solving a, you know, kind of um, a simple, you know, it's a simple solution done in such a complex way. It's brilliant. It's absolutely fantastic. And I'll, I'll never buy one. I have no interest in it whatsoever, but I can understand why for guitarists or bass players, um, this is just, this is brilliant, but you've got to, you've got to watch the video. You've got, I mean, I went online and looked at the website and watched all the other videos, not just this one. And you've got to watch them all to suddenly go, 
wow, that's that's fantastic. And it looks really complicated to use. You know, you're thinking, oh, hang on a minute, I've got double press here. Once you get your head around it, two minutes into using it, you'd be there going, you'd know exactly what to do. Work of a genius. Absolutely brilliant. I cannot recommend it highly enough, but I'll never buy Excellent. one. Well, the, the S-Drive, I think it's going to be about 200 bucks. Uh, what does it say it is, actually? It's about 200 quid. And it, what's really neat about it, it's got, the, uh, it's got a dry output and also the drums output, so you can, re- you can set, set those separately. I was wondering about something like this. I mean, you said you play guitar a bit, Ben. I mean, because that's the thing. When you're confronted with, oh, I just want to play, when you sit down and you go to a drum machine, oh, what tempo do I want? What's the, th- This just, you know, you just, you're just doing it with, with the expression that you've got. I just think, it, it, I, th- I agree with Ty, I think it's a genius idea. Absolutely stunning. Um, I mean, my majority of my week is teaching drums and guitar. Um, so when I first got a looper, the first TC Ditto, the tiny one, because I thought it's 50 quid second hand, I'll see. And it's just changed the way that I teach entirely um, in terms of being able to get a chord progression in the looper and then play with a student and work with maybe a melody over the top. Now, to be able to actually go let's put a rhythm in and get them to understand strumming in relationship to the drums or even just put a beat in quickly without having to reach over for a laptop. I think it's absolutely stunning bit of kit. I'll be buying one for for teaching. As Ty said, I've no use in here for it in terms of my own music, Um, but absolutely stunning, genius bit of kit. And yeah, definitely watch the whole video for people that just see the start and think, oh, it's a bit gimmicky. It's maybe not for me. Um, I think having the pads on the pedals, fantastic as well. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. You, so you could trigger them as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the lower string is kind of the bass. The top strings is is the snare. Um, uh, Dave Grohl from the Foo, uh, Foo Fighters and obviously previously Nirvana says that he often plays guitar with that method of strumming. Um, and I'd be interested to kind of try some of that stuff with some students. Um, yeah, really, really clever bit of kit. Um, I'm definitely buying one. I'm glad you brought it up. As soon as I saw it, I was like, yeah, this for you. and a looper. Well, Fantastic. in fact, it, it's also it, it's got the uh, because the 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 Digitech loop. There's a Digitech looper. I think the Jamman sync. It's got Jamman sync, so you can link it up with the Jamman, mm. and everything will be in time. Which is so you start to think. You know, I mean, it's just it, it seems like a really well thought out thing, and it's one of those like you say, it's just a genius idea. I wonder, you know, if I, you fed it since whether it would be of any use. Sorry, Ty. No, I just I just think it's ironic that of all the all the since all these subjects we talk about over the last however many years, I can honestly say this is the only one that I absolutely refuse anyone to look at this and not think that the way it works is great, it's fantastic. This is if if I had to give this percentages out of everything I've ever talked about on the show, this is the only thing I would honestly give a hundred percent. And it's one <laughs> of the only things I will never buy and have no interest in. But it's so fantastic. Everyone has to go and buy one. Well, let's hope so. I mean, Digitech do make some interesting stuff. Well, there you go. I don't think it's available just yet. As as we see on the website, it says uh, coming soon. So it's not quite uh, uh, prime time yet, but it does look like it's going to be ready soon. And also, I, I guess if you put uh, foot pedals in it, because I saw um, I saw a blues guitarist play at my local bar, and he had uh, just sort of drum pedals, and he was was playing really heavy guitar. I might have mentioned it. I mean, it was so heavy that it was it was great. But after about 10 minutes, I was like, I don't think I can take any more of this. It's so loud and so massive. But he had pad- pedals that he was stomping on. And I'm guessing you could use something like this to kind of combine with that to kind of create even more. It was like a C6 Steve type of vibe, you know, slide guitar, plank of wood, octaviders, fuzz. And it was it was 
absolutely visceral and brilliant. And something like this for him would probably be uh, be awesome too. But yeah, well, I'm glad it was a hit. Excellent. Uh, in which case, I'd probably bring in uh, something completely different. This is our Wave Junction synthesizer. Uh, this is you could buy this from us actually. This is uh, Max for Live synth. It's got features. Uh, two oscillators uh, with wavetables made in Max for Live. You need Max for Live and Ableton for it to run. It's got three multi-mode filters with lots of different models and they're really rootable and actually kind of interesting. It's got FM, wavetable as I say. It's got super detune of all the waves. It's also got uh, uh, five LFOs, five ADSRs and a 12-slot modulation matrix, and it runs, as I say, in Ableton Live. And if it's something that is of interest to you, I would suggest you go over to bit.ly slash wavejunction, and you can add a 10% discount code, which is WJTalk17. So bit.ly slash wavejunction, WJTalk17, all one word, will get you a 10% discount of that. And uh, I heartily recommend it. It helps support the site and uh, opens up a new set of Sonic palettes. Anyway... That's the plugs over and done with. Uh, what's next in the list? Let's have a look. Uh, oh, yeah, did anyone heard of this guy? Kaboo, this is a guy from uh, Finland who basically takes all his old synths out on the road and does kind of, I mean, it's very Euro and it's of a, of a style, but he's like this sort of synth god in uh, uh, Northern Europe. And these are all the dates he's got for his, uh, I think it's 2017 tour. And he plays these sort of massive venues and just, he's a really uh, accomplished player. He also posts a lot of stuff on YouTube and covers of sort of, uh, you know, classic dance hits and what have you. I mean, it does sound a bit cheesy when I say it like that, but he's a very skilled guy. And some of the stuff he does is actually really nice as well. So I just wondered if anybody had ever heard of this because it was a complete surprise to me. And he did that kind of, uh, there was, a, uh, in fact, if I try and load this up, I thought I had, let me see if I can load up his virtual it's a virtual uh, tour of his keyboards as well. It's like a kind of Jean-Michel Jarre for, for the 21st century kind of vibe. Interactive Playground. Let's see if I can load this up. So this is Interactive Playground. Let's see if I can make it work. Uh, yeah, Interactive. I've got to find, that, find all the buttons. So basically what you could do is you can go around his... Whoa! That's a bit loud. So we can go around his kit... And we can solo the individual instruments that are playing, which is actually a really cool idea. And obviously done a lot of work at this, but this is where I, he came to my attention. Monopoly there. Oh, no, it's Poly 6. What's this one? Poly 61. I don't know if I can turn this off. I might have to close the window. Oh, no, mute the tab. Ben, have you ever heard of this guy? I mean, it seems like he's massive, and I don't know why I wouldn't. I'd love to get an interview with him. It completely slipped um, my mind. It's interesting. I was talking to um, Rob Hardike um, over the weekend, and um, you were talking about um, the kind of, um, in the Netherlands, all this funding that was available for this kind of Euro trance kind of music and how Chester and Armin van Buren and all those guys came through in the 90s. Um, it was very heavily funded um, by the government, all that activity, and converting warehouses they would have huge sums of money thrown at them to be made safe, to have a huge legal rave sort of thing. And it wow, very much a, seems part of that. What's what a, a yeah, brilliant concept. Amazing. There's that much funding there for that kind of thing. Um, and he basically puts the Dutch funding down to the 
to trance being what it was at, at the end of the 90s um, with those guys. It's very much of that style, um, but it somehow slipped my mind. The the site's great in terms of being able to go in, click a keyboard, solo it. Um, I was going back and forth thinking, I wondered, I was trying to guess which sound he was doing on what keyboard, um, and then thinking how I would approach the same thing with the knowledge of certain keyboards that I had um, that's in that rig. It's a good website to go play on, regardless of uh, people's interest in that style of music or not. But yeah, no, I, him I, personally slipped my sorry. mind. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. I was really surprised, and 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 it's, you know he's playing big venues, and he's got. I mean, the the number of hits his YouTube videos have got are enormous. I know, Ty. I mean, I'm guessing it might not be your kind of favourite style of music, but I mean, it's what I, mean, I didn't know. I didn't know that 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 there was that sort of level of uh, Northern European funding for this stuff. I mean, what a brilliantly foresight thing to do. Let's have some of that here, eh? Isn't that fantastic? I mean. Um... Yeah, so many layers to this one for me. I mean, in terms of the website, I think the website is fantastic. I think the way that's done is really very clever. And um, as Ben said, everyone should go over and have a play with it because it is it is fun. It is really good fun. Um, in terms of the his ability, I think yeah, that's I think that kind of goes without saying. He he does what he does, and that's great. I mean, in terms of the music, you know, years ago I would have. Uh, I would have thought this was actually kind of good, but the world for me is kind of, and for most people, has kind of moved on, but he's very much in that ilk. And the thing is, people still want that music. And so that's why he can do big venues and, and kind of do it. But I mean, musically for me, it does absolutely zilch. It does nothing. This was this was a kind of period of electronic music where it all just kind of went a bit wrong for me, you know, kind of in terms of what was popular in terms of... Um, yeah, electronic music. It all just went a bit haywire, and I didn't really have any interest in it. But um, there's people out there that want this, and he does it really well. So, and I had heard of him before, mainly because I'd had people sending me videos going, "Have you seen this guy? Multiple? Have you seen his synth collection? Have you seen this guy?" And so I, I kind of known about him for a bit. But um, look, at the end of the day, it's not my kind of thing at all. But he does it. He does it really well, and he has a nice rig, and the website's great. So good for him. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that, uh, I, I mean, there's two factors to this. One is, you know, it, it, that something can be so massive because it, it, it's sort of, there are only a few, you know, names that you can join the dots are that are known for sort of synth, you know, you've got JMJ, you've got Vangelis, you've got uh, Howard Jones, I guess, a bit, Nick Nick Rhodes, but they're more, art, they're more arty, this sort of popular global electronic music stuff. There aren't that many of them. And this guy seems to be sort of going some way towards filling that gap because there isn't really anybody around at the moment. I mean, Jean-Michel Jarre obviously does massive tours and, you know, but someone at this, I mean, I can't, and the other factor was how the hell does he keep all of those things going when he's taking them out on the road? That must be a nightmare. (laughs) But I'd love to know. I'm not, I can't, I can't remember whether we actually, I mean, it says composer on his website and yet everything I can find of him I think seems to be, you know, kind of covers. And I think probably that's kind of where I have more of an issue with it. If he was writing his own stuff or, and I could be completely wrong here because he may have his own stuff out there, but everything I've seen him do, it's always been, you know, Maroder or Jar or, you know, kind of um, Jan Hammer or something. It's, I've, I, I haven't actually seen him doing um, anything original. And the problem I kind of have when people are doing covers of these things is 99% of the time, they were done right the first time round, and you know I'm not really into covers band as a, a rule. You know, honestly, if I see a covers band, I just run the opposite direction or a tribute, but even worse, tribute bands. 
my God, honestly, they should all be put in a pit. Um, <laughs> but that's just my humble opinion. That's um, what we have you on for, Ty, for your <laughs> humble opinion. I mean, you know, what else can I say? Um, it's interesting, though, that uh, 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 I think uh, oh, I've forgotten that one. Uh, he's basically uh, somebody that I think is a, a, he may well have other strings to his bow. I mean, as we all know, you know, everybody who works in music has a number of things that they do. You know, the covers thing might be one of his thing. I'm sure he does a load of other stuff as well. But I mean, just looking at his setup, it just, you know, I love this shot. It's just this sort of, he's fantastic. in the middle of all that. It's just, it's beautifully done. That's a photographer called, uh, oh, I can't remember what his name is now. Sorry, that's my, t I've got the, uh, I've got the link for it here. Hold on, let me just, uh, 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 where's he gone? Ah. Uh, it's Robert, uh, Dan, sorry, Daniel Hertrich is the photographer who did all that. So anyway, but yeah, very cool stuff. Um, uh, Redwalk says in the chat room, Kabu doesn't usually do covers as far as I know. So that's, so maybe those are the, just the ones that come to the surface because they're the most popular, as you would imagine. Um, uh, and also the other thing that came to mind there, um, I guess that means that yours and Ben's wedding covers band uh, idea is probably not going to happen <laughs> if you're just going to do original I'm material, right? I'm not doing any ABBA. I'm not going anywhere near any. It's all got to be new material. Sorry. Okay, but you know, the, 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 fun, the funny thing about this, though, is the fact that he's got one thing going for him. And I really do think this. and It's whether he, you know, kind of realizes this or not. Jar, over the last few years, has been, you know, poor. Well, I'll put, be polite and say poor. Vangelis has been... I can't even be vaguely polite with Vangelis. Vangelis has completely lost it. I mean, completely off the scale in terms of quality. And you think, apart from those two, if we're talking about kind of, you know, these people coming through, um, Tangerine Dream, you know, that kind of ilk, that's kind of gone. Jan Hammer isn't doing anything. If he, if he kind of wrote in this style, but actually did it well, there's not many people out there doing this right now. Do, do, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, if he could really nail it, he could be the next in that ilk, Jar or, you know, kind of that kind of thing. Because the, the master, past masters themselves are kind of uh, poor imitations of what they used to be, really. I think I would agree with that. That's a, that, that's definitely a good point. Um, okay, right. Is there another topic? Uh, you, you, oh, yeah. Do, I, I wanted to do this last week, but this is, uh, this is interesting as well, I think, anyway. So this is... Uh, control interface for Ableton Live that's running on uh, HTC Vive. And it's programmed by, uh, it's called Alive in VR. And it's programmed by, I called uh, Jim Simons, I think he's called. But it looks incredibly responsive. And this is just a sort of interface that he's done to kind of interface with, this is cool. Ableton Live via a MIDI loopback. Oh, there's one bit I wanted to play. Here it comes. I don't, know. I don't know about you, but I've never seen anything quite that responsive in terms of VR stuff. And I don't know whether it was slipped or whatever, or whether it just works that way. I mean, the downside is obviously on uh, HTC Vive is about 750 quid. Most of these kind of VR sets 
are a little bit more expensive, but they're going to come down in price. And I thought that's actually not that much different to sort of what to what somebody like Dead Mouse is doing live with kind of visuals and uh, Eamon Tobin that kind of stuff. I mean, you could see, could you could you see this kind of been taken off. I mean, I, I don't know whether it's uh, whether it's something that appeals to you. I've never really. I, I had my first experience of 3D headset at uh, uh, when there was a kid playing on it when my daughter went for a lesson, and I said, "Oh, can I have a look?" And it was really weird. It was very real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've um, I've tried the um, some of the like basic roller coaster games and things, and they do make you kind of throw yourself back in in, in your chair. Um, and those sort of theme parks that have real roller coasters, but then put you in a kind of Star Wars-esque um, spaceships flying past world as well look great. In terms of interface, for me, um, this is as tactile as it physically could be. Um, and I, I prefer that, if I'm honest. Um, but I don't know, as a performance thing, um, I have some friends that do sound design work and work with like the Dutch National Ballet. To incorporate that with other performers outside of the role of a composer or um, a producer, um, I think could work really well. It's way more responsive than I thought when I was looking through before. Um, the Behringer guys, actually, when they took their deep mind to Simfest last year, they had a similarly uh, similar similar looking VR environment that they were experimenting with. I can't remember what the tech was though. It's it uh, HoloLens, Microsoft HoloLens. Right, okay. Um, I don't know, really. I'm not desperate to get out of a computer screen, to be honest, and when I am, there's this. So any kind of in-between interaction hasn't really appealed. But if this is really responsive, I think as a performance tool, it could be very interesting. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think that you're right about that, that, that there's you're looking at it and it looks tactile, but of course you're not actually getting any kind of visceral feedback from it. You're not touching something that yeah. makes you feel oh. it resists, but it, it looks sort of like you are on the video. So it's an interesting one. I know Ty, um, is that something that would, have you, I mean, I, I know you've got gaming systems in your house. I mean, have you tried the whole 3d VR type thing? Is it something that is you're comfortable with? I mean, so, I mean, the, the, the overriding word for this, uh, is no. Um, in terms of that's just in terms of what I actually think about it. I just want to sit there and go no. Um, in terms of the VR side of things, uh, so last Christmas I decided that because uh, I've got a PS4 and I decided I'd get the whole VR, you know, whatever the Sony VR headset thing is, and I got a whole load of games and I got it all linked up and it's 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 great fun. I mean, it really is great fun and it is incredibly realistic and um, uh, it's great to play games on and and that's it. And I did the games where you're touching this and there's one where you're in a kitchen, you're cooking this and you're doing that and it's it's great fun. Somewhere along the line, someone's confused that with integrating this with uh, music and uh, that's kind of where it goes wrong. And this is one of those things for me where the idea of it, at the end of the day, we're all, you know, kind of 10-year-old kids at heart. 
let's be honest we're all kids yeah. we all love the idea of this the idea of it is fantastic and wonderful and if someone had said you know kind of you can do this you do go wow that'll be amazing in the same way that everyone said you could do everything on a touchscreen and everyone now does everything on a touchscreen and so everyone now wants knobs and the same way that the raven is fantastic that you can do everything on a touchscreen and then when you're doing it on a touchscreen all you want is real controls this is no different from that the idea of this is absolutely brilliant the technology that's going into this is scarily fantastic you know it is amazing the reality is from a tactile point of view when you're actually doing it and when you're actually hitting those pads or whatever that aren't actually there there is something once you've got over the initial this is brilliant this is so fun, so much fun this is fantastic once you get over that and you're trying to actually hit that beat on a beat and you're you're basically hitting thin air or you're touching those pads in thin air it's a whole different thing because the whole thing about music is there's got to be a certain level of precision to it and the one thing that vr doesn't have it doesn't have precision so when I'm touching that, I need to know physically that is when the beat is. That is when I touch that pad. That is when I do this. You have none of that with VR. VR I'm sure, is... I'm sure no, someone, with a will, very... someone will solve that. Someone's bound to solve that with a kind of you know, how, a sensor but, or something. that. Well, so like, you know, you get those body packs for giving you the sense of impact and the sense of kind of feeling. I'm, someone will, will come up with a reason for that. Uh, Hiltonius, uh, Rich. Hi, Rich. In the chat room says there are also therapeutic uses of VR. I just wanted to point that out and, and use my fancy oh, no, button. VR, VR as a concept is absolutely, I, I think it's fantastic. I just don't see how it relates to when you're physically doing, you know, kind of music on it. Or if you, I don't understand how, if you try to, if you do that to try and hit on a particular beat, it's impossible to actually get that sense of right. knowing exactly when that hits. When that is. And the only right, way you can do that is something, is something physical. And the moment you put something physical into the equation, the whole VR concept disappears because the whole point of VR is you're it's touching things that aren't there. <laughs> but it's not real. And the only way to make that work is to actually have reality in there, which takes the whole makes the mm, whole process. Well, augmented reality, perhaps. That's no, that's that's a valid point. I think. I suppose that the thing about using it with Ableton Live is you're lining up clips that are coming on quantized points, so it makes it actually quite that's uh, easier. A, a good, uh, yeah, a good setup for that. I mean, I think that the one thing I will say that I found really weird is you put the head, you put the thing on, and uh, the in the situation that I was with, the kid was holding the the you know, the, the sticks, whatever the hand things are, the hand sensors. And I had my own. And it was what was weird is when I moved my hands out, I couldn't see them. And this, and also, you've got to have this very safe space because if you're doing stuff that's moving around, I mean, you just you should often see people who experience VR for the first time falling over because they move physically very large, large distances because they're reacting physically to things. And they bump into things. They do, And it can be very debil debilitating. And in fact, the, uh, it was a guy called Jack, actually. I want to say, hi, Jack. You'll probably never see this. But... He was telling me that, you know, he can only have it on, you know, he's only allowed to go, you just have to start off with 10 minutes, then you have to build up because it is very yeah. weird what it does psychologically to you, the way that you disassociate your senses from your physicality. It's a very odd uh, uh, scenario. So if I imagine if you spent hours on it, it would be very weird. Uh, but yeah, I take your point, Ty. Yeah. I don't know. Ben. It, it reminds me of... Um... Going kind of against what I said, really, it, I've got some of those, um, they call them aero drums, where you put a little pad with a kind of elastic, almost headband oh, yeah, around right, yeah. your foot. Um, and they have a 
almost like a foil reflective surface on and, and it takes the old I think it's the old PlayStation Move camera idea is put it on top of the laptop, shines light, reads what you're doing, and you can kind of air drum with sticks. And that's incredibly responsive. And I do find that useful in this room where I don't have a drum kit. If I need to put a drum fill or something real in, you, you almost do learn where that if I hit this far, this is where it is. Um, like Ty was, saying, Ty was saying about it being tactile. Um, but at the same point, on a different kind of note, that's how people end up breaking drum skins when they have the drum in the wrong place. They're trying to hit further down than they can physically go. And that's when they end up breaking a real kit. It's weird, but I think you could learn like to kind of play it. But then you could learn. Yeah, you could learn. I think your time's probably better spent learning something else if you're really trying to learn to play the thing. In terms of a real instrument, as you're saying, triggering things on the bar, and it may be used amongst uh, dancers and performers and things, it could could work as a kind of multimedia performance. I don't I just see think, it entering music making for me at any point, I really. Just, I just see this as, you know, kind of it's another one like 3D TV or... I can't think of anything else that's off of my head. It's one of those things that the we love the idea of it. We really want it, and then when we get it, we go, "Oh, okay." That's I just that's what I see VR as. You know, I love games, just not this. Not this. Well, there's a lot of cat. I mean, the Hololens development system is you know three or four grand. Uh, the 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 uh, Vive HTC is about seven hundred and fifty quid. There are other systems, obviously, and I, I'm sure. I mean, this app from uh, Live in VR is only uh, nine ninety nine. You know, it's kind of uh, which kind of How is it? does yeah. It, it, it's the actual app itself. Is it you have? To, uh, in fact, I spoke to I spoke to uh, Jim, and he said it uses the HTC Vive connected to Ableton on a Windows on Windows via a MIDI loopback driver. You can wire it via the network and MIDI OSX uh, or MIDI OSX and, and a standard high end video. Uh, so it spits out MIDI, and you're just basically mapping controller data. So you know, I guess I don't know what the setup might be like in the system, but I mean that's the that's the the idea of it, and anything that can. Uh, to make that work, I, I suppose the problem is if you think, "Oh, I could use this for this particular sound that I'm after," and you've got to kind of switch it all on. It's the, it's the faff that might be the issue with setting up. It's not something you can just go, "Yeah, reach for it." It's like Ben when you're talking about using those uh, uh, the the the, the uh, drums that you were talking about. It's like, yeah, but you have to set it up. It's not like an inspirational bang. You'd have to have it ready to go, right? Yeah, and I, I I'd like wheel right back into the corner of this room, and you're like, right, I'm just going to put a quick fill in or a bar, and we'll do some MIDI editing or whatever. And this keyboard would be in the way; it wouldn't read me trying to play the hi hat. Or I mean, in terms of space, it, I've got V drums and toured with V drums for quite a while. Um, I'm not against playing electronic drums or anything, but yeah, it was fidgety. It was sometimes really quick, but then the angle of you just yeah, a pain to be honest. Um, the room to leave it great but at that point you might as well put a proper set of v drums in um if you've got space to do that properly you could put an electronic kit in yeah that's a good point good point okay uh well uh if you want to check them out it's alive in vri.io uh, is uh where you can find out about that but i thoroughly recommend i think it's it's also available let's see if i can find it actually there's uh there was uh, let me just have a look uh, alive in vri vr.io because i think it just came out for another 
something or other, which is, it's also for uh, uh, HTV Vive and Oculus Rift. So it's for those two. I don't know what the price is in Oculus Rift. I'm guessing it's kind of pricey as well. Uh, there was one last thing. Has, have, have, have we got time for this, Ty? Because I know you wanted to talk about it, but I didn't want to... Uh, um, yeah, yeah, uh, go for it. Okay, so here's the last uh, item. This is uh, IK Multimedia's new Syntronic, which is, uh, I, I guess, curated or put together by Eric Norlander, who is a kind of synthesis heavyweight. He was involved in the Andromeda. He was involved in various other things. I think he's worked, done some work at Moog. He's a kind of consultant synth guy. And this is 17 classic instruments sampled, but also put through the kind of fancy business of the uh, IK engine, which gives you access to multiple filter types and, uh, and various kind of uh, randomization engines to make it sort of more analog and less fixed. Uh, it's available now, as far as I recall. And I'm guessing, you know, these are probably most of these, the 38 iconic uh, 17, 17 instruments. Some of them are combined into instruments. It's like a massive 50 gig sound download. Uh, IK aren't, they haven't done any sort of real high end sample stuff for a while. I think the, the, the Mondo bass was probably the last one. That was modeled, wasn't it? So I know, Ty, yeah. you're a, a, a large library. Yeah, you're a librarian of, uh, of software instruments. Is this something that is, uh, I mean, you've also got the synths as well, but I'm imagining that sometimes it's easier to use a library than it is to fire it up and remember the patch and all of those things, you know, in the work that you do, yeah. right? Yeah, completely. And, uh, I think the big difference is here is that um, a lot of these collections of samples of vintage synths, and I've got quite a few of them, they, you always end up just going, yeah, they, they, sound, they sound okay, they sound good, but they always sound like samples. They always sound like facsimiles of you know, what they were in the first place. Um, but the differences with this one, uh, there's a few differences, but... Um, the, the bottom line is this one just sounds really good. This one sounds really good. And whether it sounds exactly like a Jupiter Ace or a CS80 or a Moog or whatever, all of those, um, you know, you can leave all those arguments at the door, really. The bottom line is it sounds good. And between uh, the whole package, you can normally get something that uh, is close to what you want. And I think the main difference is here is that they sampled all the individual waveforms from the original instruments. They've all also then sampled particular uh, things like, you know, kind of um, uh, a sync sweeps or, you know, kind of some of the FM qualities of oscillators. They've then sam sampled patches and they've kind of combined all these things together in an engine which you then get uh, a choice of four modeled filters. And so you, the filters are based on, uh, there's a Moog ladder filter, there's the Curtis filter from the Prophet 5 and OVXs, there's uh, uh, Juno. Roland, uh, the, Roland Chip, yeah. And the, yes, and the um, SEM filter. And so these are modeled. And so you essentially you could then start saying, okay, well, I'm going to use oscillators from, uh, you know, kind of an, uh, an Oberheim. And then I'm going to start using the filter from a Roland. I mean, the concept of it, the nearest thing I've got to it is basically the Arturia Origin, which essentially did exactly the same thing, which was you could take different elements from different instruments. But this is all just done in one kind of software package, and it just and then there's this drift um, technology where essentially what they've done is they've made it so the oscillators drift uh, in a not just tuning way, but phasing and you know kind of, and it just works. 
there's lots of things going on under the hood and it, it works. It has a very kind of analog feel to it. And I, I think the reason I'm really impressed with this as a library is the fact that it's not expensive, but it just sounds really good. And if, if you can't get what you want out of this library, if you want any kind of analog synthesis, then the problem is with you rather than with the tool. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it's drift technology. It's called, uh, which kind of changes the uh, the the, uh, the, the tone and the uh, pitch, you know, to greater or lesser degree. So you get that kind. Of, it introduces that analog vibe. I know, uh, Ben. I, I'm guessing, you know, you there, I, I, as I would assume with Ty, but Ty, you know, for his work requires repeatability and, and quick stuff. I'm guessing in your sort of scenario, is this the sort of thing that that you might reach for 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 other work, you know, for things that you might do in your music creation life? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm going to go and download the free trial after Ty saying it sounds so good. Um, the first thing that made me laugh is the names. I love that, that we've got a harpy instead of an harp yeah. and a Sam instead of a and It always makes me laugh when they kind of do that. We know what this stuff is from the graphics, but um, yeah, no, the recallability thing is massive. Um, and any more minor kind of library stuff I've done or sample packs, um, been able to recall it there's no way that you can afford going back to drones for example if i take a case for drones i don't want to leave that system offline until right at the end of the project when it's signed off just in case they want to recall something and it won't recall anyway even when i turn it off and leave it and turn it back on um and then you're kind of stuck um i really like the um the drift feature any kind of modeling of old uh, tolerances where not just because often oscillators have a, a kind of detune function and a, a slop or a humanize or something, but when parameters can do that as well, um, it does really come alive. And if and if this sounds great as well, yeah, I'm going to go give it a go. Okay, well, that's... I mean, I think the thing with this, is, I should also point out, I think it comes to... Let me see, I've got the webs, uh, web page up here. Uh, if you're buying it from scratch, it's 299 euros. Uh, you can get a USB drive because it's 50 gigs. And uh, I think as Brian pointed out in the YouTube chat room, you know, uh, uh, which I think has gone past, I'll just have a look. Uh, I can't see that. Um, uh, that it's essentially, you know, this the same synth with lots of different skins but you can get the free version which doesn't it gives you like 50 presets and uh, 38 effects there's loads of additional effects and then you can buy each individual set of synth samples i guess uh, for about 59 euros so it that they're, they're going for the in-app purchase so that it's commercially minded but if as you say ty it just sounds good then you know it could be one of those things that, that it is i mean you know there's lots of libraries out there there have been for years that um have sampled you know kind of the old synths um but this one just does it does i mean they make a big thing saying it sounds better than most and it does sound better than most i mean what people forget is they were they were one of the first to be sampling do you remember i can't remember what's called now do you remember they were sampling Sample all the yeah. moogs yeah well before yeah they were doing all the they did the mellotron and then they did the, all the moogs they did all the most of the moogs all through the history they did a whole sample pack of all of those which which was really good actually but this kind of takes it to a whole new level now it's, um it just sounds good. That's the bottom line. Forget whether it sounds like the real thing, you know. Right. Well, fair one enough. Thing, one last thing to mention from me on it anyway. I like the, um, as you scroll down the webpage, the addition of what almost looks like 500 series racks for distortion and EQ. And um, I mean, again, how close that orange distortion unit is to a boss distortion pedal is it, kind of irrelevant. Um, but yeah. if it hints at that type of distortion, that particular squaring and clipping, 
and I can put that in and swap a filter out, then fantastic. Absolutely. Interesting stuff. Okay, well, I think that probably brings us to uh, pretty much the end of our topic. So we actually managed through all of them, which is a, a very uncommon new task, uh, uh, uncommon reality. So uh, before we go, just want to remind you about our uh, Isotope competition. Uh, if you want to win a copy of Isotope's RX6, uh, you tweet the hashtag FixTheMix and the hashtag RX6 to at SonicState and at Isotope Inc. That's FixTheMix and RX6 to at SonicState and at Isotope Inc. Uh, I want to say thank you very much for joining us. Thank you to everybody in the YouTube chat room. It's been a pleasure having you aboard for the first time. Uh, and also want to say thank you to our IRC chatties as well, who've now got this uh, fancy little logo with them. Th nice to see you all. And as uh, Ty said at the beginning of the program, perhaps before we went live, it really is great to kind of see all of your familiar faces as we come back. It kind of... It feels like a nice, cosy community, and long may it last. If you've enjoyed what you've seen, uh, don't forget to subscribe, sonicstate.com, uh, uh, sonicstate on YouTube. Uh, there's all the information that you need there. And uh, that's it for this week. So, Ben, thank you very much for joining us. A pleasure having you on, as ever. Thank you. Thanks for having me, yeah. Great again. You're always welcome. Uh, don't forget, I, I, I always ask you at the end, what's, what's coming up next from you, apart from, uh, well, I guess, Leeds Modular Meet videos, right? <laughs> Yeah, lots of stuff leads modular. Um, thinking of drones, uh, the Synthtech E352, which is the original uh, oscillator from Synthesis Tech, the smoothest wavetable morphing I've ever heard. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, lots of modular stuff. <laughs> Too much to name. Well, that's uh, DivKid Modular on YouTube, uh, if you want to check that out. And uh, yeah, I thoroughly recommend you do. And also, uh, thanks very much to Ty Unwin for joining us as well and making making the effort. I know your time is very valuable and even setting up a new system for us to work. And I have to say, I don't know what you think, but I think it beats Skype in many ways for quality. I don't know what you yeah. think about that. Great. E excellent. Great. And good. I... I hope you get uh, some time to chill out and uh, get out of the studio and enjoy, if there is ever any sun again in this British weather, you might see some of it. It'll happen. No, September, it'll happen. September's my month. Yeah. Excellent. Not, not till then. <laughs> so, oh, well, okay. That's all right. Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll see you all again. Uh, we'll be here next week. That's it for this week. Thanks very much for watching.